0: My message is whistleblower. Whistleblower. What does it look like? There we go. All right. You ready? Okay. We're going to have some fun. All right. So I'm sharing about a topic tonight that's been a lifelong journey for me, a journey that I'm still on. And, uh, you know, I haven't arrived at the final destination, yet I have had some victory in this area, not a whole lot, but some, enough to where I feel like I could preach from a place of fruitfulness and not just theory, because I cannot preach theory. I have to be able to preach from a place of fruitfulness, but I need to let you know that the fruit in this area of my life is like teeny tiny baby fruit, okay? It's just a little bit of fruit, a little, just a little bit of fruit, enough where I feel like I can actually share from a place of victory and not defeat, okay? So the disclaimer tonight is that I have, again, I have not yet arrived in this area. I am still a work in progress, and God will still be working on me until Jesus takes us home, okay? So, when I falter in this area and when I fail, you are not allowed to judge me, okay? Is that okay? Like, can we all agree you're not going to judge me? Didn't you preach a message about that, Pastor Becky? Yes, I did, and I already let you know I have little baby fruit in this area, okay? So, we're all going to be on like this little journey together, all right? So I want to kind of talk tonight about being peacekeepers. Yeah. And not, not peacekeepers in a way of, you know, keeping the peace between everyone and everything, which is admirable. However, I want to talk about being peacekeepers of our own soul. I want to be men and women that can keep their peace and not lose their stuff when everyone else in the world is losing their mind, okay? I wanna be men and women that can keep their peace even when there's a war raging around them. I wanna be men and women that can keep their peace even when you lost that job and you didn't get that promotion. I wanna be able to keep our peace when we're watching the fake news. I want I want us to be able to keep our peace when everyone and everything seems to be against us or when our family has forsaken us. And women, I want us to be able to keep our peace even when our house is a disaster. I know that's a tough one, but I wanna be able to keep our peace, even when everything seems out of our control. Being women, men and women who can remain in peace despite the storm, despite the exterior stresses, despite delayed desires, despite the storms, despite laws being passed, despite mandated curriculums and vaccinations, I wanna be able to keep our peace even when everything around us is shaking. Can we keep our peace? Is that really possible? I used to say no, but now, (laughs) now with my teeny tiny baby fruit in this area, I am here to tell you that yes, it is possible to keep our peace with God because with God, all things are possible. Amen? Amen. So I declare that we are and are becoming peacekeepers of our own soul. You know, I lived the majority of my 41 years being completely undone by life's normal circumstances. I could not hold my peace even in the smallest circumstances. I couldn't hold my peace in a grocery store line that was taking too long. And then you move to the other grocery store line because you thought it was moving faster, only to find. It has now slowed down to super snail pace. Like what is going on? I could not keep my peace when my child told me with two days notice that I, they had a school project that was due. I couldn't keep my peace when I walked into a messy house. Couldn't keep my peace in a team meeting when things didn't go the way I wanted it to. So how on earth was I ever gonna keep my peace when real troubles came? So I learned a lesson in a freak out a few years ago. So it was a really busy season in my life. And it was only busy because I had said yes to too many things. It wasn't anyone else's fault. People didn't put stuff on me. I said yes because I was a people pleaser. And so I was living with no margin. So you know what that means, like living with no margin? So you are running it 100% all the time. So then anytime anything unexpected or added comes in, like you just can't handle it. You, just, you, you will lose your peace if you run it 100% all the time. You have to live with margin. You've got to live with margin. So some of us might need to work our way out of some things so we can give ourselves some space, some margin, so we're not always losing our mind with those extra responsibilities that are going to come at us with life. You know, and some of you, that's all you needed. You can take that in your little pocket and you can get out of here. Not right now, but when you leave, that will change your life, okay? Living with some margin. You might need to change a few things. You know, Canon J. John was here not too long ago and he spoke to our staff meeting and he talked about rest, Longevity and rest, finding rest for our souls and taking care of ourselves and looking after ourselves. He kind of talked around this principle of keeping margin. And then he shared this incredible example. another know, the Ten Commandments? There's Ten Commandments. So, you know, don't kill anyone, don't lie, don't steal, honor your mother, father. And then one of the Ten Commandments is to keep the Sabbath holy, the day of rest, okay? It's a, it's a commandment. So, why do we think that that's the only one that we can forsake every week and it not matter? What if you went to your spouse, if you're married, you went to your spouse, and you're like, hey, honey, you know the Ten Commandments? So for this week, that one about not committing adultery, I think I'm just going to not keep that one this week, just this week. That would never fly. It would never fly. So why do we think that we can every week not keep the Sabbath holy and not have a day of rest and think that it's not going to work out badly for us? God cares about our rest. He cares about our restoration and our peace. We need to live with margin. So in this season of my life, I had been, it was in a long period of time I was living with no margin. And, and there was a, it was, it was a two-week period where everything seemed to be going wrong. So everything, because I was at 100%, everything just sent me over the edge. So in a two-week period, I had basically everything in my house break. I had my, the water filter broke, my microwave broke, my oven door broke, my uh, vacuum broke, my steam mop broke. And then, so I'm, I'm managing all the repairs. I have all these repair guys to the house, and I'm just forking out all this money, and I'm just getting really, really stressed out. And then I woke up one morning in this two-week period, and my washer was leaking. I completely lost my mind. I completely lost it. And then I made the mistake, which now I understand was a divine intervention, but I made the mistake at the time to call, or I text Pastor Leanne. I'm like, Pastor Leanne, rah, 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 everything's going wrong. I can't take it anymore. If one more thing, blah, 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 And so anyways, so Pastor Leanne, being the beautiful Pastor Leanne, picks up her phone. She gives me a call. And so I launch into everything that's going wrong. And I'm like, it's the devil! The devil is after me! And I just, I was just screaming on the phone and she's like, Becky, Becky, you know you're in trouble when people like take their calmness to a whole nother look, <laughs> Becky. You know you're out of control when someone really lowers their tone. <laughs> yeah, clue into that. Like Becky, she's like, I don't underestimate that the devil might be having his way a little bit in your life. But while the devil may be causing it, I do think God is allowing it. And she said, Becky, if you let normal life circumstances unravel you like this, this will be a ceiling over your life. God is trying to increase your capacity, increase your influence, and increase your ministry. And if you cannot keep composed when normal life circumstances happen, this will be a ceiling and this will be the end. And I thought to myself, some friend, you are. <laughs> like, wow, where's the poor thing? No, but here, here is the thing. If it would have been the first time I got unraveled over normal life circumstances, I think the conversation would have gone a lot differently. But what Pastor Leanne clued into was this was not a one-off thing. This was a pattern of me losing my peace, becoming unraveled and undone by normal life circumstances. And so I needed that verbal slap in the face like, woman, get yourself together. I needed it. She knew what I needed to hear. And I'm so thankful that my pastor didn't tell me what I want to hear, but what I need to hear so I can overcome the ceilings in my life. So since that conversation, I have been on an intentional journey to pursue more peace in my life. And I've learned that I cannot always control the things that happen to me. But I can control the amount of peace I carry within me while things are happening to me. God's intent for our lives is to live in peace. John fourteen twenty seven says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And that's why I think we love that song that we keep singing. Usually songs come into the church, but then they, they leave and they fade out for a couple months. But this song keeps going strong. Don't let your heart be troubled. Hold your head up high, don't fear no evil. Your eyes on this one truth God is madly in love with you. So take courage, hold on, be strong, remember where our help comes from. Whoa. It's like we need to keep saying Every time we sing it, the place goes into an uproar because we are, and why this is happening, I believe it's because our hearts are troubled. And we need to remember to hold on, to be strong, and to remember where our help comes from. Don't let your heart be troubled. Don't be afraid. So God says that you can have peace even in troubles, that we don't have to be afraid And it's a peace that surpasses all understanding. What does that mean? A peace that surpasses all understanding. It means you should be freaking out. But you're not. Because you have a peace that surpasses all the circumstances. So if peace is our portion, even in the midst of trouble and fear, like the Bible says, then I'll tell you that a lack of peace, worry, anxiety, fear, and stress are all indicators that something is wrong in our soul. It's like those emotions, fear, worry, anxiety, stress, all of those things are indicators. They are warning signs, warning, warning, that we need to pay attention. It's like the Holy Spirit is blowing a whistle on those emotions. So what happens in a sporting event when when the referee blows the whistle? The game stops and everyone pays attention to the referee and he makes the call, the foul play. You were off course. They bring the correction and then we go on and play the game how is it, meant? it was meant to be played. So in life, when we are experiencing fear, anxiety, worry, lack of peace and stress, it's like <whistles> Stop, stop, pay attention. Pay attention to what is going on in our own soul. So when we run around and we do things like this, I don't know how I'm gonna get everything done. I have no idea how I'm gonna get this done. (whistles) How am I gonna pay my bills? I have no money for rent. (whistles) How am I gonna support my family? Oh, dear God. (whistles) Am I ever gonna get married? Am I ever gonna get married? Like seriously, God, am I ever gonna get married? (whistles) Company's about to come over and the house is a disaster. I have nothing to wear. I have an entire closet full of clothes and nothing to wear. And then your mom game being all strong, oh, you fed my kid, what, at the birthday party? A hot dog, and it wasn't even organic. Oh, dear God. Oh, my gosh, we stress out. And the whistle is blowing. The Holy Spirit is blowing the whistle. But we just keep driving. We just keep pushing through the emotions. We never stop and say, where have I gone off course? Why am I feeling this way? We just keep driving. We keep pushing because we don't have time to stop. And then every time we don't deal with that, the root of that emotion, it gets more solidified in our hearts. It becomes reinforced in our hearts. We need to stop and ask why. Why am I feeling this way when we feel those whistleblowing emotions? So I almost said boys. Men, men, you have got to get in touch with your feelings, okay? You, we, you may express your emotions and your feelings differently. Women in general are verbal processors, okay? Just get used to that but you internalize your stress and your worry and your fear and all that, and you put on the facade that you're doing okay, but inside those whistles are going off like crazy. We need to stop and ask, why am I feeling this way? And we need to discover the root issue that is fueling the lack of peace in our lives. And we have to root out that issue. We have to weed it out so peace can return. And if we never root out the reason why we're feeling that way, every time we feel those things, those, those emotions, those negative things will become more reinforced. Every time we feel it and we do not deal with it. And eventually those things become a stronghold, a pattern, a way of life for us, and we live our lives absent of peace. So how can we prevent that from happening, living void of peace. I want to talk about two quick things. The first thing we need to pay attention to those whistle blowing emotions. We've got to pay attention, and this is—I'll give you an example. So recently, I was—I um, had an opportunity to put this into practice. So, had a girls' thing driving home, sitting in traffic, and as I was sitting in traffic, I had a lot of time. So my mind just started wandering and thinking about all these things that have kind of taken place recently and all these uh, bills that we were gonna have to take care of. So my daughter recently broke her arm, had to get surgery. And there's a little bit of a discrepancy with the insurance company, so we got a bill for $28,000. And then around the same time John's on a journey, Um, He's had five knee surgeries, and his fifth ACL has dissolved. And so he's living without an ACL, and we can explore extensive treatments that aren't covered by insurance, or we can look into an ACL replacement. Uh, I was in a car accident last April, and uh, my attorney, while I was thinking about all these things, and then we need a new roof, and then we need all these things, which I knew going into getting the house, and I still love it. It's my dream home. There's a lot of things that we need to take care of right now. And as I'm thinking about all this, my attorney calls me from the accident I was in and, and let me know that as of right now, the insurance company only wants to pay $5,000 of my $15,000 medical bills. And while I was on the phone, John was calling me, so I get off the phone with my attorney, and then he he asked for clarification on another medical bill we had just got in the mail. And you guys, it was like... (laughs) Like everything was firing, and I... I, my heart started racing, I was like hyperventilating, and he's like, what's wrong? Because he had no idea that all this stuff was going on in my head. I was like, well then, $28,000, and then the roof, and then my insurance, and, and he's just like, wow, well, okay. <laughs> he goes, I go, I, I, go, I, I just need to get off the phone. I'm just gonna get off the phone, I'm freaking out. And he just goes, okay, all right, well, well maybe before you get off the phone, how, how about we pray? trying to be all spiritual. I'm like, fine, fine. So, cause I just wanted to get off the phone so I can freak out in private. And so he he says a, a beautiful prayer, reminding um, me that God is our provider and he's gonna supply all of our needs and all of these things and we don't have to worry. And I'm like, okay, amen, 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 amen. All right. And he's like, he goes, so are we good? Like, I'm like, yep, I'm great. I lied just so I get off the phone. And then, you know, I, I immediately, like my human nature wanted to distract myself from feeling the way I was feeling. So I turned on the music, like right away. I just like tried to start singing and like distract myself. I didn't, I wanted to avoid feeling this way. Then I thought, who can I call? And I actually picked up my phone and I was trying to dial a friend. Then I was like, no, I, I, I need to feel this. So I, I hung up and then I'm like, wait, should I just stop for a glass of wine? I'm sure it's happyware so, happy somewhere in the world. Like somewhere it's 5 o'clock, you know? And so, but I thought, no, 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 Becky. You are practicing paying attention to these whistleblowing emotions. And so this is what I did. So the first thing is to pay attention to the whistleblowing emotions. And then the second thing, I had to acknowledge what I was feeling. Number two, you have to bring it to Jesus. I know it sounds simple. We have to bring those whistleblowing emotions to Jesus. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 says, Come to me, all who are weary, heavy laden, and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Let me teach you, for I am gentle and humble in heart and will give you, and you will find rest for your souls. Doesn't that sound awesome? Like rest for our souls. Mm. So this is what I did in that moment when I was feeling all of those whistleblowing emotions. I brought it to Jesus. I, so this is what I do now. And I, I say, Jesus, I have lost my peace. Holy Spirit, reveal to me why I am worried. Show me the root of these emotions. And this is what I do now every time I get stressed out and I feel those whistleblowing emotions. And in this particular situation, it seems quite clear, but the Holy Spirit revealed to me that I had lost my peace because I was worried that God was not able to come through for us with all of these expenses. So the root of that worry was that I didn't think God was big enough to provide for that big of a need all at once. So I didn't, I didn't trust God as my provider in this situation, somehow it was too big for God in my mind too much at once i had taken my eyes off of jesus and i'd taken and i'd put my eyes on the storm just like peter did and i began to sink so i had to remember to put my eyes back on the enormity of our god and then the enormity of the problem seemed to fade away so i usually i have found in my own life and in other people's lives when we experience these whistleblowing emotions the fear the anxiety the worry the lack of peace, it usually comes down to a lack of trust in God in that particular area of our life. It's a trust issue. And I want to camp on this, trusting God tonight. So through the Holy Spirit, he can reveal to us the thoughts we have that do not align with the word of God, that do not align with the truth, that, that does not align with what God promises for our lives. And then once we recognize where we've believed a lie instead of the truth, we can cut off that lie that we have believed that is causing us to be anxious and fearful, and we can replace that lie with the truth. So this is what I did in that moment in the car. I said, Father, forgive me for not trusting you as my provider. Lord, your word says that you shall supply all of my needs. And nothing is too hard for you, Father God. You will not fail me. You have always come through for me. So again, I remind my soul that you are able, that you will supply all of my needs. And I give you this burden. I give you this worry. And I refuse to take it back up. In Jesus' name, amen. And then peace came. It was super, that supernatural peace. Because again, should be freaking out, right? But we're not. Because we have supernatural peace because we trust in God that he's going to do what he said he's going to do. But if we never replace those whistleblowing emotions with the truth, the lie, again, will become reinforced in our lives. And then the next time I had a fear on finance that came up, you know what? I'd even be more fearful because it would just be, again, more reinforced. I have to actually arrest that lie, rebuke it, and come into alignment with the truth so I can trust God. Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says, Be anxious for nothing. But in everything with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So, the solution to our anxiety, the solution to our worry, the solution to our lack of peace is bringing it to Jesus in prayer. And after we pray, this scripture tells us that the receipt of our prayers should be peace. So after we pray, if we do not have a receipt of peace, that tells me that we have a trust issue with our Heavenly Father in that area of our life. Psalm 9, 9-10 says, The Lord is my refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in the time of troubles. Those who know your name, trust in you. For you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. So when you know him, when you know his promises and how good he is, how faithful he is, you can trust him. So I want to ask, do you really know him? Do you really know what he says about your life? Do you really know what the word of God says about his promises that are for you? Do you really know him so you can trust him? I truly believe that the level of peace we live with in our lives is directly related to our trust in our Heavenly Father. So even as you're sitting here, what are the areas where you experience those whistleblowing emotions? What are those areas where you've believed a lie? That you need to uproot that lie and replace it with the word of God and trust in him so peace and rest can come. And it's not resolved by God, give me peace. Oh my gosh, I need peace. Give me peace. (laughs) Like it doesn't just happen that way. Like, you can't just pray, give me peace, and then think it's going to happen. You already have it. He says, my peace I give to you, my peace I leave with you. We are just not choosing to access it because we have a mistrust in our Heavenly Father. And, and, and you know, we start off with good intentions in this trust game, don't we? We start off strong. So strong. Oh, I trust you, God, be my provider. I trust you, Lord, to bring my Prince Charming. I trust you, Lord, to bring my princess. I trust you, Lord, to restore my marriage. I trust you, Lord. But then some time passes. And the thing we were trusting God for takes a little bit longer than we would have liked and doesn't happen in our time frame. And then we conclude that God cannot be trusted. And the lie takes root, and peace leaves our lives. So can we pass the trust test of God's timing? Remember, Abraham waited 25 years for his promised son. 25 years he waited. He was 100 years old, and Sarah was 90 when Isaac was born. Her womb had completely passed the childbearing years. Completely shut up shop. And the Bible says in Romans 4, 20 through 21, Abraham did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but he was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced, fully trusting that what God had promised, he was also able to perform. He trusted God and he received his promised son, Isaac. So in God, we don't just hope so. We know so. We know so. It's not a hoping and a wishful thinking. We know God's going to come through on what he said he was going to do. We've got to trust God's timing. Years ago, when John and I were... newly married. We were in real estate, and I was a probation officer, and we were making lots of money. And John, we bought 13 properties, 13 properties in our late 20s and early 30s. And it just so happened that when we had bought a lot of out-of-state properties. And it's sadly, a contractor had overcommitted on how, and how quickly he could get these houses done. So all of a sudden, all these loans are coming due on these houses that are not yet built. And in the time frame, we were waiting for all these houses to get built so we could flip them and make some good money. The market crashed. We lost everything. We lost all 13 properties and had to file bankruptcy. We lost everything. And then we, we got into a three-year battle of trying to like not lose our own home our home that we had purchased for our family and our two boys. And so for three years, we were battling to keep this home with barely any income coming in. He was working 60, 70 hours a week, and the paychecks were just not coming in. And so we were battling, going, God, where are you? Like, I'm just trying to trust him and hold on to hope in these three years. And we always felt to fight for the home. We never wanted to lose it. And so it, it just so happened, I was at a conference in another state, and John was here. We both just randomly prayed that morning about, is it time to try to just, just let go of our own home. And for the first time in three years, we both had a peace. That was the time. The friends I was with prayed over me, and as they were praying, I didn't realize at the time, but I had a vision. And I had a vision of us in a new house. It was beautiful, and I saw this shiny white fence. And then, and then I saw the kids were really happy. And I just kind of felt at that time that that was God just kind of saying, like, don't worry, like, you're going to be happy in another home. You can just trust me. You can let go of the home. But why we didn't want to let go of the home is because we had $200 left in our savings account because we had drained $300,000 paying for 13 mortgages for two years. We had no money. So you can see why we didn't want to let go of the home. We didn't know where we were going to go. But we had a peace that this was the time to let go of the home after a three-year battle. Within one hour of us deciding to let go of the home, we get a phone call. We hadn't told anyone we were letting go of the home, and we had nowhere to go as of now. We get a phone call from a family member saying they ran into their neighbor down the street who had just remodeled their home, made it their dream home, but then they found another dream home, and they heard about our circumstance, and if we ever decide to let go of our house, they would love for us to have their house and to pay a rent that we could afford and they did not care that we had $200 in our savings account. You have to trust God's timing. For three years, I'm like, God, are you you with us? Are you hearing our prayers? Like, what is going on? And then after three years, in one hour, God turned everything around for good. We had to trust God's timing. He has a plan. He's working. He's moving. You just may not see how he's working behind the scenes. But he is working for you on your behalf because he loves you. You're his kids. He's not going to fail you. You can trust him. Remember Joseph, Joseph had a dream. He had a dream in his heart. It took 22 years for that dream to come to pass. But in that 22 years, he was betrayed, sold into slavery by his brothers, completely forsaken by his family members, taken to another nation, became a slave. He was accused, falsely accused of rape, put in a prison, 22 years of pain and disappointment. But he held on to hope. He held on to the dream. And I'm here to tell you, if that dream would have happened any sooner, an entire nation and Joseph's family would have died in a famine. God needed to wait 22 years because he needed to use Joseph to get a download from heaven to tell Pharaoh the strategy of how to sustain an entire nation during a famine. So God needed to delay his dream for 22 years so he can save Joseph's entire family and an entire nation in a famine. Sometimes God has more than just you in mind when it comes to the dreams that are in your heart. We need to allow God time. We need to allow God time to work all things together for good for those who love Him. Amen. Imagine though, if Joseph would had given up at some point when things got hard, when he was in pain, he would have concluded that God could not be trusted, that He wasn't true to His word, that He doesn't make the dreams come to pass. And I wonder if there's areas of our own lives where we have concluded that God is not faithful, and he's untrustworthy. Yet it was us who was unfaithful because we quit on the promise that he gave us too early before you gave him enough time to work all things together for good. God is not holding out on you. We need to put our trust in God's timing. Amen? Amen. And I just want to clarify that that God promises us peace, okay? He he promises us peace. He does not promise us a pain-free life. But here's the thing. We live in a broken world full of sin and evil. People are given free wills to choose, and sometimes they choose to intentionally and sometimes unintentionally hurt us and wound us. But because we're experiencing pain, people conclude that God cannot be trusted because he didn't prevent the things from happening. But God never claimed to be a pain preventionist. God promises to be a redeemer, to restore things that the enemy stole, to give us hope and a peace no matter what we are going through. In this life, we will have trials. In this life, we will have tribulations. That's what James tells us. And so we sing songs that say things like, there's another in the fire standing next to me. There's another in the waters holding back the seas. And we get all pumped up. Don't we get all pumped up, yeah, you're with me in the fire, you're with me in the sea. But then when we're in the fire, like, God, where are you? We're going to go through the fire. We're going to go through stormy waters. And then when we do, we think that God has forsaken us. No, he's with you in the fire. Isaiah 43, 2 through 3. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. Nor shall the flame scorch you. For I am the Lord your God. God is with you. He is working. He has a plan. He's with you. You can trust him. You can trust him even in the fire. You may be walking through the fire of a divorce right now. You know, the Bible never promises that man's not going to forsake us. Sometimes man will forsake us. But the Bible promises that God will never forsake us. And that no matter what we've walked through, the Bible says that God has a plan for your life that is abundantly above all that you could ever hope for or imagine. The abundantly above isn't in your past. The abundantly above is for your future. God has a plan for your life. Allow him to heal your heart to work all things together for good. You might be going through the fire of a doctor's diagnosis. You're drowning in the doctor's diagnosis. Cancer. Terminal. You've heard the words. Can I tell you tonight that God has already paid the price for your healing? By His stripes you are healed. You were healed. Healing is your portion. That is the will of God for your life. But I'm not going to stand up here and tell you that sometimes the miracle doesn't happen on this side of eternity. Sometimes how, what we were believing for, how we thought it was going to work out, doesn't happen. How we thought on this side of eternity. But you know what? You can still have peace every day of the rest of your life, no matter how long or how short that is. You don't have to live in fear because God is with you. You can still have peace. My mom was walking through a death sentence. Twelve rounds of chemo. Six by eight inch tumor, one of them behind her heart. Twelve weeks of chemo, five weeks of radiation, no effect on the tumors. Still rapidly growing and progressing. And then stem cell transplant. And the doctors, there's nothing more we can do. We were believing and staying in peace and holding on to hope the entire journey. But you know what we did? We all flew back to Oregon, my hometown. All the kids and we went through the attic we went through every box of memories that my mom had saved over the last 35 years every card we have written every note we wrote her and we read those things together and we cried in that living room because we actually didn't know we were believing absolutely we were keeping we were fighting the good fight of faith and we're remaining in peace and you know what her miracle did come on this side of eternity praise god but at the time, we did not know. and the time, we chose to remain in peace, whether her healing happened on this side or the other side of eternity, because we knew at some point she would be healed. We just didn't know where it would lie, on what side. You may be walking through the fire of false accusations and misrepresentation. Oh, it's so ugly when you're misrepresented. But the Bible says this, Deuteronomy 28, 7. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and they will flee before you seven ways. Isaiah 54.4, do not be afraid for you will not be put to shame. Psalm 118.6, the Lord is on your side. I will not fear, what can man do to me? What can man do to me? I walked through a season of being muddied and misrepresented to the people that I cared about most. And it was such a prolonged season. I'm telling you, I did not keep my peace. I lost my peace. I was in a constant state of worry and distress, and I could not sleep for weeks. I'd completely lost my peace. And it got so bad one night. I got out of bed and I sat in my closet floor, and I have never felt so much demonic oppression in my life. I felt the spirit of death and depression come on me, and I and I knew it was the devil because he said things like this. You don't need this. Just walk away. You don't need it'd be better to not even be around so you didn't have to feel this pain. I recognized right there that was the voice of the devil, but I didn't have enough strength in me because I had given myself to unrest for so long. I was so weary, and I thank God that the Holy Spirit woke my husband up that night, and he found me on the floor in my closet, and he began to rebuke the spirit of death and depression off my life until peace washed over me. God is with you. God is with you be put to shame the truth will always come to the light don't care so much about man's opinion it is God's opinion that matters and he loves you and he's for you and he's proud of you I had to get over the fear I realized in that moment when I called Pastor Leanne the next day she said Becky you've got to learn to trust God with your reputation it's not too hard for him. God's always going to bring the truth into the light. you got to trust him with your reputation. I'm telling you, that was the hard, one of the hardest lessons I have ever learned in my life, to stay in a place of peace when you're being muddied and misrepresented. And I know so many in here, and I know I spoke a special word over the ladies, but some of you are in a little bit of a despair. You're waiting for that dream to come to pass for your prince, for your princess, Trust God's timing. He is for you. He wants to give you the desires of your heart. And they're even better than you could have ever hoped for or imagined. So stay in peace, beautiful daughter. Stay in peace. Stay in peace. We cannot control when Mr. or Mrs. Wright comes into our life. But we can control the level of peace we have while waiting. Amen. Amen. Church, I just want to encourage you to trust in God. Trust in God. What area do you you experience that stress, that worrying, that that anxiety, that fear? God is for you. He is with you. You will not fail. Put your hope in God. And that hope in God is a full assurance, a confidence. It's not a a hoping. It's a knowing that God's going to do what he said he was going to do. So what do you need to trust him for afresh tonight? You can trust him with every area of your life. He is for you, not against you. I promise you he's going to come through for you. Do not compromise. Do not compromise. God has the best for you, for you in every area. He is faithful and he is good and he loves you and he has a plan. He has a plan. And I just saw the most beautiful vision of his hands just working his hands are just working behind the scenes your prayers will not return void the Bible says you keep praying you keep believing you stay in faith and you anchor your hope in the Lord your hope is an anchor for your soul so no matter what is happening no matter what is happening your hope is an anchor your hope is an anchor You don't have to fear the fire and fear the storm. God is with you. Amen. Amen. Let's give God some praise. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our pastors, team, and what we do at C3 San Diego, go to C3SanDiego.com.